It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and C92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Three Point Podcast, episode 156. We're brought to you by the great folks at Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. I'm the Boomer. Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan. Middleman Matt Burns of ESPN is on the phone from North Carolina. And joining me here in our three-point podcast studios is Mr. Millennial, Jared Fatel of Fat Stack Sports. We really appreciate the listen and keep spreading the word out there. Give us a follow on social media at Three Point Pod and the free app Locker Room. Well, guys, we're recording this on the day after the Super Bowl, Monday. And uh, let's get it all out on the table here. Kind of a recap, thoughts. Any uh, impressions of the ageless wonder, Tom Brady? Before we get into the actual game, there was a debate that kind of sprung up, uh, you know, in my circle, I guess, for the Super Bowl. And, and that is pretty much what is, like, the premier Super Bowl food. For me, it's it's an unconventional answer. People are going to throw out, you know, wings, pizza, this or that. The most perfect Super Bowl snack is what I like to call a ham roll-up. For people that don't know, it's basically a little slice of ham rolled up with a green onion in the middle and cream cheese around it. It's so simple. But it's the perfect food because you can eat 50 of them. You don't feel, 
uh, bad about it, and you can eat them the entire game because they never fill you up. It's like a, it's like a better version of of a potato chip, except you make it and it's just the perfect finger food. Uh, thoughts on that? If you want if you want to have the worst breath at the party, yeah, yeah, go ahead and eat. <laughs> and people are people are gonna know who's been eating the ham roll ups. Yep, Jared, because all I can smell are onions seeping from his mouth. I I can't stand onions. <laughs> I I absolutely despise onions. So I, I replied to you on Twitter when you when you tweeted that out. I like ham roll ups, like but just make them with the ham and the cream cheese, and I'll have a few of them. You slide that little green onion in there, and I want nothing to do with it. No onions. Yeah, I I I enjoy onions, but I want to go back to your first question. You said it for people that don't know. I think everybody in the world knows what a ham roll up is, don't they? I don't. I maybe <laughs> had my first one maybe five years ago, so I don't think it's that. I okay. Maybe in your realm where it's you, you know, you're watching Game of Thrones every other day, and you know, you <laughs> don't take offense here. I'm just you know, saying. maybe, maybe, you know, it probably is crazy to for me to say like maybe people don't know that. Uh, and yeah, it's funny, Matt. You say like party, you know, my breath stinks, my breath stinks. I hate the idea of Super Bowl parties. I hate the idea of a Super Bowl party. Yeah. All I want to do on Super Bowl Sunday is, and this is another thing that I've kind of been workshopping. Instead of New Year's resolutions taking place. The, like January 1st, think about all the great football and like eating days we have up until Super Bowl Sunday, college football playoff, uh, national championship game, Super Bowl Sunday, all these playoff Saturdays and Sundays, Christmas, New I Year's. want pizza all those days. So the way I do my diet is it started today officially. Uh, so just a fun fact there. But in terms of the ham roll up and just the Super Bowl party situation, I don't want to be at a party. I don't want to be, you know, making small talk with people. I want to be stuck in front of my TV with a plethora of food, maybe a couple beers, and just watch the game. That's all I want. The whole Super Bowl party thing, like, I don't know. I could go both ways. I'm definitely with you a little bit. Sometimes it is fun to get with a bunch of people. I mean, this year, you know, it's still a little different because of the COVID stuff. But, you know, to get, get with a bunch of friends or family and watch a game, everyone brings their food. And, you know, so I, Super Bowl parties are cool. But I do get what you're saying because you all know the cliches at every Super Bowl party. There's the people who don't care and are just trying to talk about, like, work and their kids and stuff, and they're just distracting you from the game. Or you get the, like, <laughs> obnoxious people who stand up and clap as loud as they yeah. can at a two-yard game, scream at the refs and scream at the TV, and, you know, you can't even enjoy the game while they're doing all that. So, right, to your point, like, yeah, I do understand Sometimes it's nice. Like last night, I just watched at home. I mean, my wife and I watched after, you know, I mean, my daughter went to bed after a while, but, you know, just sitting on my couch. Enjoy yeah. the game. Watch, watching Tom Brady do work. That was nice. I agree. Enjoy my tater tots. <laughs> tater tots. That's my, all the way. That's, that's my answer. Yep. Tater tots, the most underrated Super Bowl food there. I is. would agree. Tater tots are delicious. Tater tots never, just in terms of like potato in general, you never see a fast food restaurant with potato with tater tots, but no. they are very good. No, but our one of our uh, sponsors rivals they carry yeah. tater tots and it's one of my orders along with onion rings i do you do you dip your tots in ketchup do you dip them you in anything dip them else anything. or eat them ranch plain? ketchup uh shoot i'd even do it in mayo if it if it came down to it i love mayonnaise mayonnaise that much it's kind of gross to say that but the super the, we'll just uh, circle back around one last thing on the super bowl party is the thing that sucks to me about it probably more than anything is you if unless it's at your house and Ted, like I know you would never come to my house for the Super Bowl. You like are that's you're just kind of weird about that. Uh, is whenever you go to some, and this is probably why. Whenever you go to somebody else's house or some other party, you end up with like, oh, there's five people on like a three person couch crammed in, and you're oh. eating your food in your lap. And yep. and unless you're the head of the household who has the nice chair, you're either sitting on the floor or you're sitting on like a fold out chair, and it just sucks. I actually remember. 
probably the worst Super Bowl I ever had was when I was in college, first year. All of a sudden, uh, my roommate and his girlfriend showed up with like a double date companion that was supposed to that I was supposed to go on a date with them apparently. And I'm like in the middle of watching the Super Bowl, and they're trying to convince me to go to Applebee's to go on a date. <laughs> and it was I just it was hell on earth to put it lightly with that. Uh, but overall, uh, just to kind of circle back around to the game. I mean, what more can you say about Tom Brady other than he is the best athlete I've ever watched in my whole life? That's as far as I'll take it for him. It was an astounding performance to me. I mean, I expected him to play well because he almost always does when the money's on the line. But to play as well as he did at 43 and, you know, the the unsung thing about Tom Brady, obviously physically and mentally he's, he's as good as it's ever gotten in pro football. But part of that is he gets the guys around him to play well. The difference between him, and I, I don't want to necessarily bag on Matt Stafford, but there's a big difference. Uh, the way you run a team, the way you're a leader, Tom Brady, if you're not pulling your weight, he's in your face. Yeah. And, and it's paid off for him. I mean, the guy's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, he, he was able to go to a team, you know, Tampa Bay, I think there were seven and nine last year. And, you know, he chose to go there. And like what you're talking about, Ted, you know, he holds people accountable. And he wants guys that he can trust. Somehow, you know, that last year when Antonio Brown came to New England for that little cup of coffee, him and Antonio Brown just, like, clicked. Mm-hmm. Got Antonio Brown to come to Tampa Bay and basically shut his mouth. You, we didn't hear anything about Antonio Brown all year. And, you know, he had, a, he had a good game. He got Gronk to come out of retirement. He got Fournette, Leonard Fournette, who was, you know, with Jaguars. He was basically, I mean, it was looking like he might be out of the league because he couldn't find a spot. He got Fournette to come there. He got the defense. So he got all these guys, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all these guys who were at Tampa Bay to buy in. And I think yeah. Gronk said it yesterday after the game, or last night after the game. He said that everyone was selfless. He got everyone to buy in. And, you know, Mike Evans is supposed to be one of the best receivers in the league. Godwin is supposed to be one of the best receivers in the league. And they bring in Antonio Brown, and they bring in Gronk, who are going to take touches away. They bring in Fournette, who's going to take touches away from Jones and their other running backs. So, like, they got. Brady comes in, and like what you're saying, Ted, Brady comes in, and he gets everyone to just buy in because, you know, once he steps on the field, you're going to have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And even Bruce Arians, their head coach, he said, you know, I mean, head coaches, huge egos. Yeah. Huge egos as head coaches. And, you know, the first month or so of the season, it was looking kind of rough with the Bucks. You know, we were kind of wondering if it was going to work. And Arians at one point said he backed off from, like, coaching and he let Brady head coach because Brady's the GOAT. You know, he knows what he's doing. For a head coach to even admit that he, like, kind of handed the team, or at least the offense, over to the quarterback, that's huge. I mean, that's ridiculous. You wouldn't do that for – I mean, Tom Brady's probably the only guy, maybe Peyton Manning, that you would do that for, you know? Smart move by Arians. And, and I think at that point, I think Tampa ran the table from that point on pretty much. Yeah, and that's why it's crazy when you look back at like the Patriots dynasty, and we all know how good of coach Bill Belichick is. But I think, and, and how you know he's always been the guy that's cut a guy like a year sooner than you know maybe he was out of his prime right before he went on the downslope. But Tom Brady is kind of like a once in a generation guy who he just never was going to slow down pretty much until his mind is off of football. He just lives and breathes in that room. And it's good to see a coach like Bruce Arians talk about how big of an ego his coaches have. Like Bill Belichick just. They wouldn't ever let him do his own, you know, do his own thing. He always had to be in the Patriot way. And sometimes I just wonder if the Patriot way worked because a guy as good as Brady just 100% bought in. 
And as long as you have a quarterback like Tom Brady who is just going to listen to whatever you say and doing things such as like where he's cutting his favorite players, trading away Randy Moss, trading away Deion Branch, and he still is just so loyal to the Patriots, now he's doing that for Tampa Bay. And it just shows you that this guy is the definition of a one-man dynasty. You you see this in basketball with guys like LeBron James and things like that, but how else can you explain a Tampa Bay team that was 7-9 and nine last year who people th- – like you're telling me that they were a Super Bowl – like caliber team without Tom Brady there's no shot now they're literally beating the Kansas City Chiefs like just blowing out the Chiefs who I thought was the next dynasty it's just the guy is just so impressive it's it's incredible I saw something uh that I forget who said I think Leonard Fournette came out after the game and said it that all week leading up to the game at 11 o'clock yeah. so you know essentially kind of when the Super Bowl might be over 11 o'clock at night Brady was texting every player on the Buccaneers saying we will win this. we're gonna win so like you got to think like I, I love Stafford. I, I love Stafford. But like if if he's doing that, maybe it doesn't like hold as much weight. Like yeah, you're like okay, cool. Our, our quarterback's in. But like when Brady's texting you and he's saying we're winning this, and he's already got six rings, yeah, every player has to look be like no, they've got Brady on their side. Like that that's huge. It's it's so impressive. And that's what cracks me up. That's spot on. That. It's funny how we you see on ESPN and like Fox Sports all the time where it's like, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback, but Tom Brady is the best. No, I think Tom Brady is the most talented because what even like constitute talent? Like you said, Matt, if Tom Brady says that, you're 100% believing it. If Aaron Rodgers says that, you're like, oh, I don't even know if I like this guy. He's He still has adequate arm strength even at 43. He's still pinpoint accurate. He's the smartest quarterback. I was thinking he's probably thrown more passes than any human that's ever stepped on the earth in games and in practice which is kind of crazy to think about you might be right but I'm just so sick of hearing about the talent this talent that like he is the most talented he's the best he's the best leader he's the best he has the best brain he's the most accurate like he's just flat out the best in every single category and I don't know how anyone's ever going to catch him Patrick Mahomes is probably the best chance of it but as long as Brady's in the league for two, three more years, like it's going to keep cutting into Mahomes' well, Since prime. you bring that up, Jared, I want your guys' opinion on this because it just was it was aggravating me for some reason. You know, the, the, the storyline, yeah, Mahomes is the young gunslinger. He's got one Super Bowl under his belt. But to try and compare him to Brady and say, well, he, he's got to win this one to ever, you know, get on that pedestal to pass Brady for crying out loud. The NFL is full of great quarterbacks. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is outstanding. He's still young enough, but it takes a lot to get to 10 Super Bowls and win seven of them. I mean, there are other quarterbacks out there that are damn near as good as Mahomes. So why is he put on that pedestal that he's going to be the next Tom Brady? Hell, Brady, I don't think his record will ever be touched myself. No, I mean, think about it. Uh, Aaron, you're, you brought up Aaron Rodgers, and I think everyone who watches football knows that Aaron Rodgers maybe, you know, I, I know we went back and forth what you were saying, Jared, but maybe Aaron Rodgers might be like the most talented quarterback ever to come to the NFL. He got one Super Bowl, yeah, and he plays for the Packers. Which the Packers are like one of the best franchises in the NFL. One Super Bowl. And I think uh, Steve Young last night on ESPN after the game they, they brought up the graphic that, I mean, Ted, you remember, Terry Bradshaw, four Super Bowls. Yeah. Probably at that time, at that time, that probably seemed like, holy, like, there's no one's ever going to win four Super Bowls again. Terry Bradshaw. And then Joe Montana came around, won four Super Bowls. And then that was probably even more, like, no one's ever going to touch this. Brady has seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, insane. So, for, like, Rodgers to only have one, you know, like, guy, I mean, Big Ben was able to win two. And that's insane. Peyton Manning, like, barely eked out two Super Bowls, and Peyton Manning's one of the best ever. So, like, 
yeah, for them to put those expectations on Mahomes, I get he's exciting and he makes some amazing throws. But, like, this early to say you're going to, like, catch up with it. I mean, Drew Brees only has one, and Drew Brees has all these records and stuff. So it's like, you know, yeah, they should not be putting those expectations on Mahomes because even think about, like I said, Bradshaw having four, Montana having four. Go up to seven, what Brady has, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah, and you think about it, 10 Super Bowls, but he should have eight wins because he lost to the Giants on that fluke, that undefeated season ended, right? I mean, just think of you, it was 8-2 and two and had an undefeated season. Yeah, and the thing that it's kind of ironic how it's sort of similar to this year's Super Bowl where right before that Super Bowl game they have the whole Spygate and the rumors that they were watching the Rams mm-hmm. uh, before the Super Bowl right before the playoffs and then this year you have Kansas City with I mean obviously probably a lot bigger of a story within their locker room you know where the car crash and everything that happened with that where you had to be so hyper focused on a Super Bowl especially when you're going against like a guy like Tom Brady that something like that I think it's it did a lot more than people are giving credit to because you think about how if you just kind of it's shocking how similar it is 2000 what was the 2008 Super Bowl the Patriots were scoring like 30 points every single game, and then they had seven points going into the fourth quarter of right. that Super Bowl. Same thing with this Chiefs team, putting up points on everyone, and then all of a sudden they look like they're not even the same team. So I just think it's crazy that it's unfortunate that something like that happened at literally the worst possible time for that team, but it's just sad that that even happened in general. Yeah, we talked about it before we started recording this, and it, it definitely, Matt, I didn't fill you in on this, but I, I placed a bet and made some pretty decent coin, and I placed the bet on Tampa before the car accident, and once that happened, I just thought, man, their concentration's got to be off kilter for this game. I felt a lot more confident, <laughs> sad to say, because of the tragedy, but uh, their minds had to be thinking about that a little bit, especially the head coach. Yeah, you have to think that there was definitely a little not. I don't know if distraction is necessarily the right word because that stuff just goes so much far beyond. That's for sure. But um, yeah, you have to think that that did take away a little bit of their focus. But I just wanted to read real quick. I know we're going to talk about a bunch more stuff with the Super Bowl. We posted on our Facebook page about Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and we posted the question: Is he the greatest of all time? A couple people replied. So yeah, Jeff Zadunik replied. He said, "Until someone else has won six. No need for greatest of all time talk. The guy just wins the true definition of leadership. And he said, hard to believe he has as many rings as Montana and Aikman combined. <laughs> yeah, so that's just crazy. crazy. Uh, Craig Numerick, one of our biggest fans, uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit later, actually, on the podcast. He said there's no more debate. He's the GOAT. I think most people uh, agree. And then one more, Alan Huia, I think is probably how you say the last Suella. name. He just simply said, Mount Rushmore. I think you you put Tom Brady up on the Mount Rushmore of greatest of all time athletes, not just football players, athletes. I think it's so much more, and people will say like, "Oh, Michael Jordan was six and zero in you know NBA Finals." I at least this is how I've always viewed the difference between basketball and football. I was never like super duper nervous for a basketball game because I always felt like the outcome. What it like? It wasn't like oh, all of a sudden you fumble the ball, the team, the defense scoops it up and like takes it for a touchdown. The entire game shifts. Whereas basketball, it's like the most somebody can go up on you is what three points at a t- four points at a time. So I've always felt like the ability that he's been there ten times and that he's won seven Super Bowls, like just tells you how great he is. And then my favorite story about Tom Brady is how you know that we've all heard about Antonio Brown. Like you said, Matt, it's like we forgot he was even on the roster because this huge head case, the guy who wouldn't wear a helmet last year in practice, <laughs> Tom Brady brings him into, into Tampa Bay. He lets him stay with him. You don't hear about the guy until he's running like a flawless like screw route for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It's just it's impressive how he gets everyone to just follow suit with what he does. 
Yeah, I think it goes without saying. I think there's there's no debate. There probably wasn't any debate before this game. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, where do you put him on the list of, and I know it's been hitting around on Twitter a lot, the greatest athletes of all time? I think one. Even if Le- even if LeBron gets to six titles, which seems to be like the the benchmark that would put him past Jordan, I I just you know, and people will say like, oh, Serena Williams. Okay. All right. Yes, I guess Serena Williams is the best athlete of all time. But in terms of the people that I watch, the, the sports that I really care about, Tom Brady is number one. And then I think you got to put, you know, Tiger Woods, LeBron James, and Michael Jordan behind him. That's my Mount Rushmore of athletes, I think. Yeah, my thing when it always comes in, and like you said, Ted, this has been bouncing around Twitter a lot. My thing is always, like, when you say the best athlete of all time, like, what are we really trying to say? Like, do we think that Tom Brady is a better athlete than even, say, Bo Jackson? Because... The answer is probably no. He's probably not a better athlete than Bo Jackson. I always think, like, the you know, if you're having that discussion, that's different. The question should be, like, the most accomplished athlete of all time because yeah. then, yeah, you could say Because you could even, like, start throwing out Michael Phelps. Right. Or, you know, some of these some of these Olympians that have a billion gold medals. Usain Bolt and stuff yeah. like that. Like, you know, do they go up there? Or even Bill Russell, Jordan, right. you know, like, stuff like that. So, like, you know, it's, it's such a weird debate because – I mean, yes, Tom Brady's a great athlete. You can take shots at he's not the fastest guy. He's not the most nimble and stuff like that. He's a hell of an athlete. And like when I see people say, like, he's not even athletic. He can't run like Mahomes or he can't run like Deshaun Watson. It's like, I don't care. He's a hell of an athlete. He's, he's, you know, an NFL quarterback who has seven Super Bowls. He's a great athlete. But that's just what I always think about when people say, like, the greatest athlete. You know, it's like, well, what are we saying? Because Bo Jackson is probably, like, the greatest athlete. You know, but obviously he didn't have the great career like well, Tom you, Brady. Yeah, you could you could you, you could reclarify it and say uh, the greatest winner. Okay. Yeah. I mean Brady would have to be right up there, and it's funny you guys covered all the all the athletes that I had down in my notes, uh, other than maybe uh, Floyd Mayweather. He never been beaten. You know, they said right. they say, well, he hasn't fought the toughest of competition. Fifty and zero is fifty and zero. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's always it's a fun debate though, because right, and then even. You know, like one thing, I, this is like getting way off on a tangent, but one thing, I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm starting to lean towards, I don't know how, especially if LeBron wins one or two more, the way he's playing right now after 18 years in the league, I don't know how you can't really make a legitimate discussion about him being, uh, you know, better than Jordan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the old heads, you know, the boomers like Ted, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're stuck on Jordan being 6-0 and in the NBA Finals. And, I'm just, and they're just like, no one's ever going to be better than Jordan. And it's like, well, at one point, people probably said no one's ever going to be better than Bill Russell. And then Jordan came along and kind of took that from him. So, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, you can it's, – it's kind of how you want to quantify it. Maybe it's because, like, some people didn't watch Jordan. Some people didn't watch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Some people didn't watch Joe Montana, you know, or something like that. We're watching mm-hmm. Brady right now. We're watching Jordan or LeBron right now. To me, it's hard to put many guys above those two. Yeah, unfortunately, I've seen them all, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, I, I my mind can be changed. I mean, if if LeBron rattles off a couple more championships, it's it's gonna be very difficult not to crown him the let king. Let me let me ask you this. So this is something that I've kind of been thinking about uh, a lot, especially with Tom Brady and LeBron. What like whose generation would Tom Brady be a part of? Would he be considered like Matt's generation mm. before Matt? Uh, my generation, because my goal in, with a lot of these like dynasties like LeBron, Tom Brady, uh, like the Patriots, I want to be able to look back on my childhood or my generation and say, I saw the very best at my uh, these sports, like sort of like what people try to do with Michael Jordan and what you try to do with a lot of these like 1960s, like like you said, uh, like Herschel Walker and guys like that. So who, where does he go? Where does he fall? 
who's the, who gets to claim them? Well, it's either you or Matt because you know I I look back at when you claim them they they have to be right kind of in your prime. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So what is it's out like of your, my prime? Is it your childhood or is it like around like like Matt's age right now? Okay. Where it's like a young adult sort of. You guys hash it out. Yeah, I mean, I guess for, for Brady, I, I guess my argument, and not really an argument, I guess my reasoning would be probably more with me because I got to see him play at Michigan, and then I got to see him, you know, early in his career take over for Drew Bledsoe and stuff like that. So I yeah. guess if we're, yeah, I guess he would be like my generation. But, right, that's what's crazy is he has spanned so many generations. Uh, and like they, they put up stats. Like they, the Patriots had that little window where they didn't win a Super Bowl for like six years or something. Mm-hmm. So they like split Brady. Brady's had two Hall of Fame careers basically. The first part of his career, he won like three. The second part of his career, now he's won four or whatever. So it's just crazy to think about that. So, I mean, I, mean, I guess to answer your question, he's probably my generation, but he's also yours because you've watched a big chunk of his career too. Do you remember watching him at all at Michigan or were you No, this around? is what I'll say. I'll say, all right, you get Tom Brady – I think LeBron James, a guy who entered the league 2003, I was like, you know, five years old at the time. I think that, and I've seen him play his entire career in the NBA. I think I get LeBron James. That's that's a little bit of a trade. Uh, but in terms of like the to move on, maybe from the actual game or like the goat debate, what did you guys think of the weekend's halftime show? I'm kind of the weekend is sort of he's uh, decent. I'm a decent fan of his. I would say the one thing that kind of bothered me about his performance is. Is he the first guy ever to do a show without any sort of cameo of another artist? Mm. I didn't think he had enough star power to command like a whole – to let alone – I didn't even know he was a big enough star to have a Super Bowl halftime show. There was a lot of debate and, about that. And secondly, how is – I didn't think he was a big enough star to do it without any help whatsoever, which I just thought was shocking. I was waiting for somebody to come out, and no one ever did. Yeah. I, I'll just give a quick opinion. You know, it was tolerable. It was okay. Uh, what did it have the wow factor to me? No, but it was it was worth the thirteen minute watch. So we we threw out last week. Um, you know, his music is a little sexual, like yeah. maybe maybe like a Marvin Gaye comparison. You know, when you're watching that performance, you can't actually like necessarily hear a whole song. You know, like if you're listening on on yeah. Spotify or you know on the radio. But like Ted, so could you see? Could you kind of see a Marvin Gaye comparison there a little bit? Kind of a, a little, little uh, more macho Michael Jackson maybe too yeah. with his little dancing Here, and his outfit. Here's the thing about his Super Bowl performance is one like what makes his songs like so good is he's got like one hell of a voice. Mm-hmm. And when he's doing all this dancing and jumping in and out of a crowd of a bunch of people in red jackets and faces all taped up, like he you don't really get to appreciate his voice. And so that's one thing I feel like he's not necessarily the best live performer, mm-hmm. but his voice is up there with, like you said, like Marvin Gaye or, or Michael Jackson, I think. Can you clarify once and for all for me, what is the deal with the wrapped up faces? I mean, what was the whole angle on that? Was that from a video and it was just some strange thing? What what was the point? So my understanding, and maybe if Matt knows better than I do, is basically what it was is in a music video, I don't know the name of the song, he like was dressed like that Mm -hmm. and then next thing i know he shows up to uh like some award ceremony with all the bandages on his face then in another music video he had all this plastic like fake plastic surgery done and then and damn i just read an article talking about how it was talking about how it's basically what it represents is everyone was wearing the same exact thing as the weekend Right. And like all, they're all wearing the red jacket with him, and basically what it was is the Hollywood's trying to bring him down, trying to you know replicate him in all these other ways, and then at the end of the halftime show, I guess he emerged from 
the half. I don't know. It was a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> like I said, I shouldn't have to read a 3,000-word article to try to understand what the theme of the halftime show is. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make a good show. Yeah. It definitely it, – I mean, you know, Ted, you've listened to music your whole life. You know musicians usually do have some, some sort of statement like that. Yep. I mean, yes, it is, you know, like the theatrics, I guess. You know, like, you know, musicians sometimes are, just have, like, crazy wardrobes and stuff like that. So it is partly that. But, right, there it was – a statement like that, you know, like Hollywood trying to bring him down. Because then he, you know, we talked about it on the podcast. He did the fake facial plastic surgery too, so that kind of played into it. So, so right, it wasn't just like let's put some diapers on some people's faces and make them dance around. Um, there, there was like a little bit of a statement there. I've listened to The Weekend for a while before he even like got big. Yeah. Uh, one of my one of my good buddies, like before he got like mainstream, he was just putting out like mixtapes. And one of my good buddies would always send his mixtapes to me. So I've listened to The Weeknd for a while. I like him a lot. I thought it was I thought it was amazing. Like, am I, like, prisoner of the moment going to say it was the best halftime show ever? You know, maybe not. But to me, like, I just – I cannot you – know, Twitter, Twitter and, like, social media and just people, when That's it comes brutal. to stuff like the Super Bowl halftime show, the commercials and stuff, people are just so damn negative. Like, yeah. immediately they're sitting there and, like, worst halftime show ever, couldn't even watch it. I'm just like, what? Why did you even try to watch it? Like, what? What are you looking for immediately? Super Bowl commercials, trash. Tr- commercials never been good. <laughs> and I'm just like, what are you looking for? Like, people, they try to do. They, you know, you can't just have the same commercials all the time. So they're trying to do different stuff. You know, if you don't like the music, that's one thing. If you don't like that kind of music, okay, but sit back and just enjoy the show. Like, it was cool. The fireworks, the dancing, the lights, and you know, the music. Like, it's just entertainment. Like. I like the weekend, so that's why I was already looking forward to it. But also, I'm like, that was a hell of a show. Like, so, like, when I see people immediately, like, trash, terrible, bring Prince back, it's like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> just don't even watch. Turn it off. Like, don't even watch the Super Bowl. What are you doing? Yeah. So, I liked it. I really shouldn't be complained because I'm just happy to have somebody performing at – it's kind of like the roles are reversed. When I was growing up as a kid, it'd be like – you know, Prince, I didn't know who the hell Prince was at the time. Red Hot Chili Peppers, no idea who the hell they were at the time. And now it's like the roles are reversed where people that are like Ted's age are like, who the hell is this weekend guy? Meanwhile, me and Matt know every single song that he played. So I like that aspect of it. That's why I like Maroon 5, Katy Perry, all these recent acts that I know. And don't go back to what it was in the past where it was like the Eagles when they were all 70 years old at the one Super Bowl. Like that stuff is what sucks. Get us guys like this who are young, up and coming artists. See, that now can you're, put now on you're being a hater. So you're being a hater to the old timers. I mean, <laughs> well, why not, why not like it all? Mu- good music is good music. I, I, I like the Eagles a lot. I shouldn't say that, but I'm just saying in terms of like just what used to bore the hell out of me when I was younger, it was things like that. Okay. Where it was like almost like a, like a nod to you know what they used to do in their career get these guys that are really popular now like the weekend and put them at the halftime show that way most people enjoy I, it i will say one of the more disappointing and maybe we've probably talked about it before disappointing halftime shows for the super bowl and this isn't hating on the old music but in detroit when they had the rolling stones yeah yeah just like that was just like what in the hell are you doing <laughs> you finally yeah. get a super bowl in detroit and you get the rolling stone i understand they're legendary it's like, how do you not get some Motown people or even Bob Seger, even at the time, Kid Rock, bring Eminem yeah. out? Like, what do you – that was one where I was like, okay, cool, I get the Stones are great, but you're in Detroit. How do you – why did you book the Rolling Stones? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm a little torn on that one because I am a huge Rolling Stones fan, but they if they had booked them 20 years earlier, it might have been a better deal for sure. And I get what you're saying on, on Detroit. Why didn't they book Motown, some acts yeah. like that? That would That just made total sense. 
Uh, let me ask you guys something. We didn't talk about this. This is a little controversial probably, but, you know, you guys follow, and you probably know the guy, the country music artist that now Morgan got, Wallen. Yeah, he got in all kinds of trouble. His career is completely blackballed because he said something racial, used the N-word. I have a little – and. I have no problem with that. I mean, the word should be gone. But how how do you justify, Jared? And I know you listen to this stuff all the time. The the black artists that use that word nonstop. So this is okay. Here's what I'll say. One, I mean, I don't. That is like that's like the classic Facebook argument where I saw that exact post, and I think this might have been where you got it, where it's like, no, oh, no, Morgan no, no. can say this, but then you know, turn on any rap song. No, I'm well, not saying that. Why are they allowed? I mean, why does anybody say that? That's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't know. They're African-American. That's why they are allowed to say this. Here's Morgan Wallen, my favorite country music star okay. for the longest time, the last two years probably. Mm-hmm. A bit of a, sh- a shock that he said this, but it has happened before where he's had similar things happen to him where he keeps using these terms mm. and saying things like that where I think it was sort of like a lot of people's like final straw, like maybe we shouldn't be rooting for this guy because his whole like persona almost is like the everyday, like he's like a Luke Combs type guy, mm-hmm. you know, the everyday shouldn't be a country music star, but he's like so good at, you know, making music that that's why he's popular. I didn't like hearing what he said. I know a lot of people have kind of just said like, I'm done with this guy. I-, I can't lie to my brain and say, I don't like his music still, but it definitely made me root for the guy a, a whole heck of a lot less like going forward yeah. in his career is yeah. what I'll say about him. And I just want to clarify too. I mean, it's, I-, I-, I just want to put on the table that I just don't like the fact that anybody uses that in their music. There's no need for it. That's all. Yeah. It, it does really suck because him personally, his career, like you said, Jared, I mean, he's been like rising for a couple of years, but man, he, he just like exploded the last few months. Um, you know, he's. I don't want to like stereotype. I don't want to like say like expectations should be low for people from the south. But like he's from East Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. He does. He's a little bit of a redneck hick or something. So to be honest, it doesn't surprise me that he uses that kind of language. You know, like I said, I'm not trying to be stereo stereotype him or whatever. But when when I heard it, and I've heard him, like you said, Jared, before, he he's crossed the line a number of times before. Like it's not shocking. I mean, like look where he's from. I mean, that place yeah. is one of the least progressive areas in the country uh you know and it kind of sucks like to blackball him also because it's like people can make mistakes you know like he's young people make mistakes i'm not saying everyone uses that language because i i don't i'm sure you guys don't too so it's not just an excuse like "Eh, everyone did that when they were young that's a stupid excuse and he was wasted so i saw people saying like ah he was drunk everyone does stupid stuff when he's drunk that's not an excuse either i mean just just because you're drunk doesn't mean you can you know, go driving around and making mistakes or, you know, saying whatever, and it's just okay because you're drunk. So that's not a good excuse either. But it's like he, they, people should be trying to, like, you know, teach him. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, this is why we can't talk like that. Or, you know, like try and help him out instead of just, like, blackballing him and pushing him away because that's not a way to progress anything. So, you know, I, it's, I don't think it's something that, like, just came out of the blue because if you use that language, you know, that doesn't, doesn't just, like, roll off your tongue because you're wasted. It rolls off your tongue because you use that language all yeah, the time. Right. But but we also shouldn't just like shove him away and he should never have a career again because it's like, well that people make mistakes. Let's help him out, you know. Take him to take him to some classes or counseling. Counseling's maybe not the right word, but you know, try and teach him, you know. Yeah. So I, I can I d I I don't yeah. think you should just let it slide, but I don't think you should be blackballed either. Yeah, I agree. 100% pretty much your spot on exactly agree. 
I think he deserves to one. Like he should be taken off the radio right now. He should, you know, his record label should suspend him. He should have to do all these. Like he has to completely go and reshape his entire image before, you know, he's dropping number one singles again. I don't think he shouldn't be able to like, you know, be played on radio for the rest of his career or anything like that. But he definitely has like a penance to pay, which is pretty much what he's doing right now. He's lost a lot of fans. He's lost a lot of money from not being played on the radio and all this other different things. His record label suspending him, so many sponsors dropping him where it's I'm I'm here for like the comeback story in a sense, but I'm fine with, you know, maybe not being the biggest fan of his right now and letting him kind of just pay the price for it. Um, yeah, I have to go right with you guys. I agree with you. And that, uh, you know, if he's truly sorry, if he's truly looking to maybe change it up, 100% agree on the comeback story thing. You know, we'll talk a little bit about that on the Tuttertainment Tonight segment I got. We got Tiger Woods, and we'll have some music we'll talk about in that segment as well. Anything else we want to get into on the Super Bowl and – Commercials? We haven't uh, talked yeah, about any the commercials. Yeah, that was the one thing. I just had one last, the, the, and I think it was Rocket Morges. It was a, it was the you're the best around, uh, the kid working out. That was literally the only commercial that stuck out to me. Uh, a lot of the Paramount commercials were pretty funny. The Bud Light commercial with all like the Bud Light legends was really funny. Uh, but, that was my favorite. But of course, that you know I watched that two weeks oh, ago. No, it wasn't when they my Release it on Twitter, but. Right. Solid commercials. You know, I'm never going to be the guy like, oh, the commercials suck this year. They're good every year uh, compared to regular TV, but those are my favorites at least. Yeah, I think the one I liked the best was with all the NFL players like Peyton and Eli, and uh, I think Marshawn Lynch was narrating it, uh, the Super Bowl legends. I don't know what they were promoting other than the NFL, but I thought that was funny. I, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I mean, the commercials to me, I guess, they, they were good. I always I, – I mean, I, I guess I went on a soliloquy earlier. I, you know, I <laughs> – I'm never, like, blown away by them. I enjoy yeah. them. I think they're fun. I was going to ask you guys, though, about, you know, we were talking about Morgan Wallen, you know, country artist. What do you think about the uh, national anthem with Eric Church and the R&B artist Jasmine Sullivan? I mean, like, I saw some people saying, like, man, that's such a weird mix. How, how did they even come up with that? I like when they mix genres like that, you know, like an R&B artist and a country artist or whatever. I thought that was a, I thought that was a great national anthem. I agree. I, I loved it. I love Eric Church, uh, so I, I should put that out. It's like a disclaimer of sorts. But I liked how they had Eric Church sing the first part, and then she came in and sang the second part, and then right at the crescendo they like joined together, the planes flying over. I thought it was a really good national anthem. It's a lot better than the ones where I feel like every it's it just two is always better than one, I guess is what I'll say, you know, compared to the usual where it's like them singing the final bray for like 30 seconds. I like this one a little bit less subdued, a little bit more, you know, the guitar playing and things like that. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I did too. And I listened to it for a second time. I enjoyed it more the second time. <laughs> Seriously, I, you know, just watching it there the first time, I thought, oh, okay, that's pretty good. But yeah. then if you just listen to it and don't watch it, you know how you, you know, when you listen to music, that's what music is all about. Just yeah. feeling the music. It was, it was very, very good. All right. Well, I think that's it on the Super Bowl. Other than I definitely wanted to get out a little bragging rights, like I said, Jared set me up on a uh, an app called what? Twin, Twin Spires. Twin Spires. And it's mostly a horse racing app, isn't it? Yes. Yep. So, so after some back and forth getting into the app site, they were they are offering a special deal: two hundred fifty dollars to one dollar bet, and you just had to pick the money line. Yeah. Tampa or KC. Well, finally, I got into it. I made my bet. 
I went with Tampa. And you had you have to the catch is you got to put money in your account. So I put fifty bucks in an account to start it off with, and then I put another twenty dollar bet on Kansas City. And then, you'll laugh at this one, Jared. And then I put another dollar bet on. On, I mean, not Kansas City, on Tampa. And then I put another dollar bet on Tampa because I wasn't sure I was in. <laughs> so I had to make sure. You had trouble getting in yourself, yes, didn't you? A, a lot, I'm in FanDuel is the one that I use. And, and what cracks me up is a lot of people are kind of adopting the mantra like, oh, this is like too good to be true. No, it, we're not dealing with the sites like MyBookie anymore. Like These are 100% legit yep. casino-ran sites. And I tried setting up my dad, same exact deal, uh, he was turned away by the $100 deposit. I said, no, it's literally, there's no questions asked. You you place this bet. It's a free win. Free, $250. Yep. All you have to do is deposit $100. You can pull it out tomorrow. He wouldn't do it. I'm sick of like the, gener- the your generation where they like don't trust computers or something. I am so surprised <laughs> that you took my advice and I you know I never really got a thank you or anything like that. But it was just a free two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I'm you- glad that you have some sense and it shows in your ability. You know, you're pretty proficient on Twitter and all these other things. Yeah, at least you aren't stuck in the eighties. So thank I you. so I appreciate. I'll, that. I'll take that compliment and I'm you know I got three hundred bucks in my pocket now too. Yeah. Let me, before we sign this off, before, you know, all these props to Ted, do you still write checks? <laughs> to, full, full disclosure, uh, some, yes. yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> right. Not not many. Not many. My wife does all our banking. She doesn't hardly write any checks. For, uh, for uh, Sportsnet Michigan, though, cutting talent checks, yes, I write checks. All right. Yeah. They still come in handy. So I was just wondering. Yeah. Now let me ask you just one last question on gambling. How tempting is it to kind of leave that money in and maybe you, you were actually just talking about how, man, like putting some money on a team really makes the game a lot more fun. It does. There's a little juice, more juice to you, it. You're still not just going to, I know this is what they want you to do is to keep that money in and place some more bets. Right. There's no part of you that says, hey, March Madness is coming up pretty quick. I don't want to leave it in there for that. I'm going to keep my $50 in there and I'm taking my 250 That's what I'm doing. All right. How's that? I, to be honest with you, you guys know me by now. I'm pretty conservative, especially yeah. when it comes to money. So I don't like throwing it away because I know how tough it is to make it. So, so let me let me let me throw this scenario out there. You take fifty dollars out that you deposited of your own money. That two hundred fifty that's in there, basically just free money to have fun gambling with. I could do that, but I won't. <laughs> just that's what <laughs> live on the risky side. That's all I'm trying. Wait a to minute, you've you've been the one preaching all along. No, these, you're these right. Sites. That's a smart. That's a smart move. It's smart. That's what you should do. All right, that's what I'm gonna do. So. All right. Well, listen. We're gonna we're gonna have another segment here coming up with one of our uh, loyal listeners, Craig Newbrick, right? Yep. And he's coming up next, and we'll have a little entertainment tonight to wrap it up here a little later on. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Conveniently located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan. The Janka family are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000. Hankard Sportswear is the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street. Give them a follow on Facebook at hankard.sportswear. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. 
you're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more information on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. All right, we now welcome on, uh, you know, he's kind of, I like to call him basically like just the number one supporter and number one fan of our show. It is uh, Craig Numerick. He's a Corona graduate, just like us, and he's just a huge sports fan all around. So I'll just start like right here. Uh, what did you think of the Super Bowl last night? Do you think Tom Brady is the best player to ever play in the NFL? Yeah, totally. I think it's, he's like one of the best players mm-hmm. in NFL history, maybe better than Joe Montana, Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I would agree with that too. So I, you've obviously listened to a lot of our shows, uh, you know, over what we've done this over two and a half years, I believe. Is there any specific guests that we've had on that you think maybe we should try to get on some more, or is there a personal favorite you have? My specific favorite is probably Amy Agos. Okay. The ESPN reporter. Yep, yep. And yeah. Walker. Uh, Re- Reggie Walker. Yeah, Reggie. There we go. Yeah, they're both very good. Yeah, Annie is the one uh, for a lot of our listeners. Maybe don't know. She's the one that's known for doing her. Uh, 60 second zoom zoom calls of all the different NFL teams big 10 franchises and things like that and then Reggie's obviously uh, a great guy that we have on all the time talk about college football yeah what do you think about uh, the trade Matt Stafford with the Rams now I mean it's sad that he left Detroit mm-hmm. but I just really hope that he does better than elsewhere yeah and I hope Jeff Goff will do good for us for a couple of years yeah, it seems like I think Jared Goff will be okay for us. But yeah, I think we all definitely want to see Matt Stafford have a chance to win a Super Bowl. But I, yeah, I want to ask at least Craig, one. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to ask you, Craig. You you've uh, commented on Twitter and other social media about Jonas Brothers. I know you and Jared yep. are big Joe Bro fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last night, yeah, last night at the Super Bowl, the weekend was the big halftime show. Uh, well, first of all, did you see the halftime show? And then what did you think of the weekend doing the halftime show? I would like to see Jones Brothers do one halftime show. Mm-hmm. And in the weekend, he did much more. I, I like the weekend. He's phenomenal. Yeah. He has good music and does all out good music. Yeah, he does. Is there uh so just in terms of Jonas Brothers, do you like their older music? Maybe when they were at the start of their career, when they first formed as a band, songs like, uh, this is a deep cut for Jonas Brothers fans, Hold On, uh, SOS, or do you like sort of their newer stuff since they kind of became a band again? Wake me up when you guys are done talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do like their newer stuff better because mm-hmm. I'm older, but I did love their younger stuff when I was younger, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. So, so to kind of get back to sort of our show in general, it, what is it? Do you do you like our kind of chemistry? Do you is there? Do you like that I kind of razz on Ted a little bit? What is maybe what what do you like about our show? I'm honestly kind of curious. I like the we different perspectives on stuff. Yep. Like the Ted is much more older generation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way much older. Yes. <laughs> I just like to hear his views sometimes, and Matt is just in the middle, so. Yep. I'm more with Neil's generation, though. How about that? How about that? Well, hey, more importantly, you know, we need to know, should we keep Tedertainment as part of the show or ditch it? (laughs) Keep it. 
keep it. <laughs> All right. Is that what would you say? Is there a favorite segment that we do, maybe, or is there a certain? Do you like when we talk about the Lions? Do you like the Tedertainment portion? Do you like when we talk about Michigan football? Is there a certain subject that you like more than others? I do like. What was it when? It, it takes like five minutes or something when you guys talk about your guys' lives. Oh, okay. And oh, kind of a recap of the week, right? Yeah, I do like the Detroit talk yep. with um, Michigan Wolverines and MSU and absolutely the Lions. Gotta love the Lions. Amen. Since fifty-seven. Oh, yeah. Since fifty. Got to throw the hashtag in there, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag fifty-seven. There you go. Hey, Craig, I was going to ask you if you brought up the Wolverines and Spartans. Are you a, a Michigan or a Michigan State fan? Where do you lean? Michigan. So do you like but Jim if, Harbaugh coming back? Yeah. So I will give him another chance because mm-hmm. it's COVID year. Yeah. I hope he gets some energy up. I know he's getting older, but he needs some energy for these guys. <laughs> he does. Get some hope. <laughs> I got one more question for you, Craig. It's very important. Okay. All right. Who's your favorite high school play-by-play guy? I think it's you or Joe Smith. <laughs> oh, oh, throw Joe in there too. I like <laughs> it. Good, good answer. I uh, so yeah, I got I got a couple more questions for you before we let you go. Thanks, Grant, for hopping on to talk with us. Um, I, we were gonna do a segment later on in today's show. Some of our favorite TV shows of all time. Is there one that sticks out to you? Do you have a favorite TV show? I do like Walking Dead. Yep, that's a good one. Do you still are you still keeping up with it? Or uh, I know I used yeah. to watch it before uh, the head guy Rick died. Do you still watch it? Yeah. Okay. I still love it. Yep. I know it's different, but I still like it. And then uh, I got one more question for you. Do you think that um, do you think the Lions will win a Super Bowl in your lifetime? Honestly. <laughs> before before I'm ninety. Before you're ninety. That, that, that means <laughs> All right, that's I'll, good. I'll, I'll be long gone by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Thanks again, Bye, Craig. Uh, we really do appreciate you hopping on, and thanks for you know listening and. Keep uh, giving us your input on Twitter and all the other ways you can get a hold of us, and I uh, hope maybe one day we can have you on again soon. So thanks again for joining us. Good deal. All right, Craig. All right, so you have a good day. Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items and real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Looking out for you, Sheridan Auction Service. Nelson House Funeral Home's top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Check out more information on the web at nelson-house.com. Advanced Elevator Company have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator. All right, guys, you know, every once in a while we like to mix in a little entertainment news. We call it Tedertainment, just because I came up with it, and I, I really like the name, by the way. Uh, first thing I'm going to recommend, we'll go through some recommendations of some shows I've seen, and then we'll also do a quick roundtable of our top three TV shows of all time. Before we get to that, I just want to tell you, I watched uh, one of the greatest music documentaries of all time. You know, we were talking about earlier The weekend and Prince and music at halftime. This is an underrated, severely underrated group, and it was one of the best documentaries I've ever seen called The Bee Gees, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? Okay, it's on HBO. Now, do either one of you guys know much about The Bee Gees? Do you think, oh, Saturday Night Fever? What do you, what what do you is, know about their The Bee Gees? Big, aren't they, like, staying alive? Isn't that their that song? That is. Okay, so yeah. I know, uh, that's where I know them from. Th- that's it. How about you, Matt? 
I know a little. I definitely know the name, and I'm sure it's one of those where if I heard some songs, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know that song. Maybe I didn't know it was the Bee Gees, but I'm not going to act like I, I know their whole discography. All right, well, I'll clue you in a little bit, and you know, obviously people in my generation will know who the Bee Gees are. And, you know, they started out in the early 60s. They were from Australia, three brothers, the Gibbs. That's how they got the Bee Gees. Anyway, they were contemporaries of the Beatles. You know how much I love the Beatles, and you can't beat their music. Well, they came out right around the same time, you know, and were trying to make headway here in the United States. And they had some some really good songs. And what was good about the Bee Gees is three-part harmony. The three brothers, just if you ever want to listen to some good music, give it a give it a listen sometime. And from the like the 60s Bee Gees. Well, they went from that to the 70s and the whole disco craze. Right. And they the Saturday Night Fever thing, which made John Travolta a star. You know, they produced all the music, wrote all the songs for that movie. Well, right about the time that the movie came out, there was a big uproar against disco. You know, disco, not very good music. People rebelled against it. There, there was actually in Chicago a game between the Tigers and the White Sox at, at between the middle of the twin bill. They had a special promotion, Disco Sucks Night. And a local DJ out of Chicago, Steve Dahl, he told people if they brought their records to the game, their disco records, they were going to destroy them between games, and they'd get in for a dollar, I think is what the promotion was. So in between games, they took all these records out onto the field at Comiskey Park in Chicago and blew them all up. And all hell broke loose. Fans stormed the field. They couldn't clean up the field. The the White Sox had a forfeit to the Tigers. And from that moment on, the Bee Gees were blackballed, basically. You know, their their musical career was over. Well, it rebounded. Barbara Streisand, Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers all admired their songwriting abilities. So they wrote songs for other people, and their career was revived. So in that long soliloquy of my own, if you want to see a really interesting documentary, especially not knowing much about them at all, I highly recommend it. The Bee Gees on HBO. See it on On Demand, YouTube, wherever you want to get it. That's a three out of three on my rating scale. So there you go. Another one I think you guys will be interested in. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, the HBO special on Tiger can, Woods. Hold on, hold on. Before we move on, can, did you ever dance in like a disco club? Uh, yes, I did. What the hell were those like? <laughs> I've only seen like semi-pro and some other movies set in that time period, but it was. What did it look like? It what was, did you dance like? It was what did nasty. You do? It was nasty. Everybody wanted to be John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever. Uh, you know there was. I actually had. And this is. This just makes me sick to have to say this out loud. I actually had what was called a leisure suit. Have you guys ever heard of that? Oh yeah. No. What the hell? Is that? You probably wore one on Halloween before, Matt. <laughs> I definitely remember the leisure suit. A leisure suit. You know what a regular suit is. What it yes, looks like. Yeah. Well, leisure suit was. First of all, it was made out of polyester, and it came in colors like lime green and yellow. Those were kind of your disco duds that you would wear to the club. So, like your typical like hi- like hippie outfit or whatever is kind sort of what of. these were. Like your disco outfits. Is you what? had a disco outfit. Yeah, yeah. you had a, you had a, they had wide collars on the jacket. It was it was it was a god awful look, no question. I don't know if I have any photos of me wearing one, but I think there might be one floating out there. So were you a part, let me ask you this, were you a part of the Disco Sucks, like when this whole regime started, you kind of jumped on the bandwagon? No. And, and 
it's weird, you know. I have I have a really e- e- eclectic musical taste. I can I can listen to Dean Martin, to classic rock, to the Bee Gees, to country. So no, I mean I, th- I thought there was there was like Saturday Night Fever, the theme of that movie. Man, that is a that's a toe tapper, man. That's a great song. So to answer your question, was there was a lot of disco that was not very good, but I I wasn't on the bandwagon of got to get rid of it. Disco sucks. I think the real end of disco was there was a DJ, Rick Dees, and he had a song called The Disco Duck. And that was, <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard that, but that was the end of disco. Any yeah. other questions? That's, I just, I'll, I'll just last statement. That's where you lose me. Like a lot of those da- disco type songs, like the ones that are like giving out like dancing instructions, those songs suck. Oh, yeah. The ones like staying alive, like that's a good song. That is. That's obvious. Obviously it stood the test of time. It's still super duper popular today. Right. Matt, where do you stand? <laughs> um, I, I've never even actually seen what is it, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, I've never even actually seen that. Uh, I know what disco is. I, I don't know. That's where I stand. I, like, yeah. I have no idea. Like, I know the Leisure Suit. There we go. And I know the movies, like you said. Uh, you know, Semi Pro and other movies that show the disco and stuff like that. But well, Saturday Night Fever. I've watched the movie probably five or six years ago, and it's it hasn't held up that well. It's pretty dated. I mean, it's probably worth a watch just to, if you've never seen it before, and especially you know to listen to the music. But uh, definitely Travolta was good in it. So. That's what I'll say on that. Now, the other another topic I wanted to get into real quick is the HBO special on Tiger Woods. It was a two-parter. Uh, did you see it, by the way? No. I, as somebody who I would consider myself like a huge Tiger Woods fan, read his books, watched all of his documentaries other than this one, the, a lot of the reviews that I saw leading up to it, I was excited for it, but it's basically just like a slam piece of Tiger Woods is what I've heard. I don't think it was. I mean, I watched both episodes. I think it was it – was pretty well grounded i mean it just told the tiger story i mean you know and it, it focused a lot on you know you talked about the comeback you know yeah you, you, if you think about tiger woods he was at the pinnacle the fall and then the comeback right i mean think about this and it, tiger woods obviously would be a guy and we talked about it about possibly one of the greatest athletes maybe the greatest athlete i mean he won the 1996 amateur the next year 97 he wins the masters by 12 strokes think about that one year I mean, it's just amazing, <laughs> yeah. and they focused on that in the documentary. I thought it was, I thought it was actually pretty well done, and they did talk about the, you know, the affairs he had and everything else. But I mean, it's part of Tiger's story, so I, I would, I would give it a two point eight out of three. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. It's one of those um, we don't, I don't have HBO Max, but we've used up the free trials <laughs> at times when there's something we want to watch. So we need to <laughs> sign up for another free trial so we can watch yeah. that because I do want to see it. I've had some friends tell me some things. Uh, I don't know if these are spoiler alerts. Uh, Jared, are you going to watch it? No, I mean I already I've read like a six hundred book auto or a biography about Tiger Woods, so they're not going to spoil yeah. anything to me. Yeah, it, I I knew this stuff too, but like I know the documentary goes a little more into it. I thought like it was just it's interesting to hear, you know, like Tiger Woods. We all know he started golf when he was basically when he learned how to walk, and he probably lived, breathed everything was golf his whole life. And then kind of what maybe started him turning, you know, turning his life into this, you know, the second Tiger, Michael Jordan and Barkley started yes. to Vegas yep. and started taking him to his, those parties and introducing him to women and stuff. And, you know, you just have to think for a guy, like you said, Ted, like all he did was golf. All he did was golf. And then, you know, he went to college and then boom, he's the greatest on the tour. He's winning the Masters. He's winning majors. And he is just all of a sudden, boom, catapulted and changing the game of golf. Because, like, I remember that. 
like you said, 96, 97, that's around like when I started getting into golf because of Tiger Woods. Went and joined a league at Corona Hills because of Tiger Woods. I wanted to play golf like Tiger Woods. Yeah. So, like, I remember that. So, for a guy like him, all of a sudden go being probably bigger than Michael Jordan. I mean, he might have been bigger than Michael Jordan at one point in his career anyway. And then, you know, he probably didn't have much of a social life because of all the time he dedicated to golf. And then you get Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley taking you to Vegas where everything is just handed on a silver platter. And, I mean, everything, women included. I, I can't imagine. He probably, that's why he, like, lost control. I, you know, it's probably hard for him to keep grounded and everything. So it's cool that he did come back. Yeah, it was really good. Here, here's what I'll say about the documentary. If you like the documentary, and just from what I've heard, a lot of people have kind of come out against it. And, you know, you say it's good and all this, but, like, just a lot of it's, you know, not true or this or that is – and I know this is like such a lame thing to say, but the book just, it's literally just called Tiger Woods. And it's just a picture of his face on the cover. It just came out two years ago, New York times bestseller. Uh, it's by Jeff Benedict in army contain. It is, it reads like a fiction novel. It's the best like biography I've ever read. I've ever read one because it's just so interesting. Like, and two, because they spent 10 years. You have no idea how secretive Tiger Woods is until you try calling his school and you realize that he has like a, uh, what is it called? A non-disclosure agreement mm-hmm. or whatever with the school where his yearbook pictures, all this other shit is like you have to go to find somebody in his class and then get it from them. And where it's just this book, it's he has such an interesting life and it's 600 pages all about Tiger Woods from the time he was two years old to the time, you know, all the way up into his master's victory. It's just an all-time book and I just can't recommend that enough. If you like the documentary... You're going to absolutely love the book. Yeah, and Katayan was part of the documentary, too, by the way. And I'll just throw two other quick facts out there. You know, they, they interviewed his, his first girlfriend, you know, and another reason that uh, Tiger, it's weird, you know, what happened to him, but Matt was right on with uh, Jordan and Barkley sending him astray there in Vegas. But uh, you probably didn't know about it, or maybe you know about his dad, Earl. He wasn't yeah. the greatest example no, well, when it came to uh, being a good married man. Yeah, and is I mean is his I mean this is all you need to know about his relationship with his dad. You know, everyone talks about the Masters and you know the great moment is his dad's literally buried in an unmarked grave, so they don't even have a tombstone for him. So it's kind of crazy when you think about hey, this guy's had so much pro- like pressure on him. His dad had was swinging a golf club in front of him when he was in his crib to try to teach him like how to swing a golf club. It's just kind of crazy, and you see how the downfall starts when you are just golf, 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 golf from the time you're two years old yeah. to now. Well, I'd still say watch it. it. It had a lot of lot of film that you may not have seen before. I mean, they yeah. showed him dancing with his. They showed him as like a teenager. Yeah. You know, in school, high school, they had actual video, so that was worth watching. I thought I had a couple more things. I'll save it for next time. Uh, I will say this though: if you get a chance to watch uh, Your Honor on Showtime, Brian Cranston, who was the star of Breaking Bad, very good show. The premise is uh, he's a judge in New Orleans. There's a hit and run accident. There's gangs involved. There's uh, organized crime. Very good series. Also, I'll leave it with this. The final thing I want to recommend, you know how I like my datelines and 48 hours and mass murders like Ted Bundy and people like that. When I say I like them, I like to watch docs. There was a doc on Netflix called Night Stalker, The Hunt for a Serial Killer. And it was about Richard Ramirez. He may be the most evil man I have ever seen in my life. Even more evil than Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer. 13 known killings, 3.3, or 3.0 out of 3.0 for me as far as yeah. a gripper. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you said that because, that, wow, I, I, we completely forgot. My wife and I randomly two weeks ago, because from the promos, the promos looked amazing. Mm-hmm. I think we watched the first two episodes, 
and then we've just been so busy we fell out of it but we've said we need to get back to it but yeah i didn't i maybe i heard about this dude you know but you know i didn't really know anything about it but yeah like you said he seems like maybe one of the craziest serial killers out there oh and can, the, the can way- you can you maybe give like a teaser uh, what what made this guy so crazy or is that just a spoiler right off the bat it seems like that's something they might get out in episode one no, they. I don't think they did. Did they, Matt? In the first couple episodes, oh. they were tracking. Oh. The whole doc is based on these two detectives that were paired together, and all these killings were going on, and it kind of painted the picture of the trail. And they they had him a couple different times, and he just got got away. Got away. Yeah, yeah and those, those things. I I love them too. I know we've talked about it before. These murder mystery, or not, not even murder mysteries, like these true true crime type things. Dateline. I I love them too. Like they suck me in. But, like, that, I'm always, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, I think, I don't know, maybe I, I've watched CSI, where, like, where they always solve the crime or whatever or something. But I'm always so, like, surprised that these people were able to, like, get away. I know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I know it's not as easy as just, like, you know, looking down the street and then you catch someone or whatever. But, like, sometimes I'm just shocked. Like, how did this dude like run for so long how could they really not find this out but yeah well the time frame I'm was glad you brought that up I, we need to finish that series finish that one up man you, you'll love it Can, uh, here when was is when it when happened was, oh, okay. yeah. was just, something i've always kind of wondered is was it kind of wild living in the 1970s where if you wanted you basically could just be a serial killer and they're not going to find you for years it seems like every serial killer from the 1970s was like running rampant it's funny you bring it up but you know that was an era probably because what no social media no cell phones no no cameras up on poles a lot of things like that yeah you know because there i mean you think about it in that era you had Dahmer, you had john wayne gacy in chicago you had the ramirez you had another killer up in uh, seattle that killed like 20 prostitutes and bundy yeah it's just it was a wild era all right let's wrap this part up fellas with uh, the three greatest television shows of all time I, I your can, favorite i can start uh and i'll just run one two three so okay. number one these are shows that i just feel like i've spent the most time of my life like watching not necessarily maybe the these are shows that i find uh, super rewatchable i guess in my in my stance number one the simpsons people give it a lot of shit for the show nowadays you know it's it's so bad it it's lost a lot of its best writers but i would say for the first 20 seasons of the simpsons it is the best comedy show. It's the best well-written. It's funny. There's guys like Conan O'Brien that used to write for the show. They're so talented. And my favorite thing about The Simpsons, more than any other show I've ever watched, is I could name probably 100 different characters on The Simpsons show. They it Just the different slew of guys they have and all the different voice actors. They like I think it's only like 10 voice actors that do all these different voices. It's so impressive. And I, I won't speak for the show now. But in its heyday, The Simpsons was probably my favorite show. That's out number of the box. Two, I like that one. Number two, uh, The Office. It's a lot of people's favorite show, almost to the point where I was sort of watching it when it was actually running, and then I was on sort of on board when it first came out of Netflix, like 2014 era. Now everyone watches it. Now everyone talks about it. Now everything you see on Facebook is a meme about The Office. It's a little overboard now. But that, is, that shouldn't take away from how much I enjoyed the show and how much I still do just like it. It's just a great show uh, in general. Another good one. Uh, and then just number three, I think this is probably on your list, uh, so I won't say too much about it. But The Sopranos, this is a show I've only seen twice. Uh, basically, it's the number one actor performance I've ever seen. I love Tony Soprano. 
uh, in the in the move in the show, and it's just I, I know there's supposed to be like a movie sequel, Kings of Newark, mm-hmm. uh, that has been in development for years. His son or his son yes, that his son star. is supposed to play. I feel like that should be coming out anytime. I'm not sure if COVID delayed that or what, but I'm antis- heavily anticipating watching that one. So you had two sitcoms and a serious drama. Yes. Okay. You want to go next, Matt? Yeah, I mean, you guys know, like when we do this entertainment, I don't watch a ton of TV. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen. Breaking Bad, I haven't seen The Wire, I haven't seen Sopranos, I haven't watched Game of Thrones. I'm not, you know, I don't watch a ton of TV. So, like, when it comes to stuff like this, I, like, I, there's there's series that I've caught an episode here and there, but to watch a complete series, I, I don't have very many. The one that always does come to mind, though, is Lost. Yeah. And oh. that, was, that was one of the first series that I did actually watch, like, from start to finish. I that mean, this was, was that bad. That was a good one. Like TiVo, TiVo was like just coming out. So you you had to like sit. I mean, Ted, you remember these days? Like, if you wanted to watch a show, you had to be like at your TV when it came on. So and, and Lost was one of those. And I think Lost, I feel like Lost is one of those shows that like was maybe like ahead of its time a little bit. Now you know, there's all these shows on all these you know streaming platforms now come out all the time. And Lost, I feel like you know maybe was a little ahead of its time in that sense. But so Lost, I loved it. It was you know really cool. I liked it. Um, I think it was really well done. And then, like, so to answer the other three, I would have to go sitcoms because, like, yeah. sitcoms are, like, the only other things I've really watched. And, again, the one that always comes to mind is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because that's, like, my favorite show of all time. So I know it maybe doesn't hold up as far as, like, maybe The Simpsons or some of these other ones. But, like, for me, I love the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I could watch every episode all the time. I've seen them all 100 times. Love it. And then, yeah, I would say The Office. Again, like you said, Jared, I know it's cliché. But it is, it's just a great show. So that, that's why everyone says they love it, because it's a great show. And I've, you know, I've, that's a rewatchable show. You yep. can sit there in bed and watch four episodes or whatever. So, so those would be my three. Yeah, I went a little more serious. If I was just going to throw out sitcoms, I would have uh, The Office would be on there, Seinfeld. And my all-time favorite sitcom, <laughs> this will crack you guys up, Andy Griffith Show. Andy Griffith with Don Knotts as Barney Fife. Was, it's a classic. I never watched that. Uh, isn't like the theme song whistles or something? Yes, I only know that yes. from a rap rhyme, so I'm not even gonna act like I know that. <laughs> but my, act- um, I'll just one thing. On, I'll just talk about Lost. Kind of an omission on my list. Lost. It's a lot like Game of Thrones, where people shit on it just because I had a bad ending. But it's so hard to wrap up a TV show, especially one like Lost, where it's so like out of left field what happens. But if you have never seen Lost, just watch the pilot. I think the pilot is still pilot like the most the most like money that's ever been spent on a pilot ever in TV history. Uh, and if you like J.J. Abrams and Star Wars and all that sort of stuff, like it is awesome. Yeah, little tidbit for you. You know the guy that played Sawyer yeah. on Lost. He's in Yellowstone, just just to fill in for you. Great. I like him. Oh, boy. He, he was kind of the original, like, Twilight. Are you Team Edward or are you Team Jacob? Yeah. It was, are you Team Jack or Team Mike Sawyer? Exactly. But uh, my list, I'll go through it quickly. I, I think number three, Breaking Bad, you know, just missing out the wire. But Breaking Bad, my number three. Jared, you'll appreciate this. Matt won't. Number two, Game of Thrones. I mean, I, I really think that was just outstanding television the visuals the concept i mean tremendous i'm actually into the final season about midway right now number two on my list but number one no surprise the sopranos i mean remarkable television uh tony soprano was just epic and my favorite character of all time paulie walnuts loved him on that show so that's my list i'm sticking to it you're a big HBO guy. I mean, yeah, and rightfully so. HBO has a ton. I mean, oh, yeah. everything HBO does is really good. But, 
But yeah, that that's basically your list. Anything on HBO. Yeah, that's like it's funny you say that, Matt. It's almost like you need to either reach out to HBO to sponsor this this segment. Or may and I know it's the things you watch, but a lot of these shows to guys like me or Matt who maybe don't have a hundred dollars to throw around on television programming. Some, someday, maybe someday. it's something that I don't know. Maybe just a more wider appealing of like shows, like a loss, like TV sitcoms that you know they're great shows. I will agree with what you said about Game of Thrones. If you compare it to just TV shows in general, it almost feels like a movie. How well it's made. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you kind of just like take it for granted. But if you just watch game, like imagine watching Game of Thrones on like ABC or something on like Sunday nights, like it's just, it would be the best show ever made. Really? You know, it's funny you bring up HBO and it's, it's near and dear to my heart. Obviously I, you can talk to your dad about this back at the old Fattel household when we were young, when we had uh, original cable TV, used to have a box and it'd have a twisty knob to change the channels on it. Yeah. And you were able to put a piece of plastic from a milk carton, like that jug you're drinking from. You'd cut a strip of plastic about two inches and you'd slide it in the top and it would make connections with HBO. So we were able to watch <laughs> free HBO, you know, and that sucked wow. me in at that age, you know. And, and when you think about it, and again, I'm 64 years old, all three of us are males and enjoy different things but uh you know when you were able to pick up hbo at a relatively young age and be able to see uh you know tna a real tna it was a it was it was quite a bonus <laughs> that you talk about like glaring uh design flaws i mean there's a death star having the hole in it and then there's hbo uh in these cable packages with the ability of two idiots like you two being able to just stick a piece of plastic into it and get hbo i mean that's up there here's one for you to ask your dad uh you know now that he's a uh, you know a uh, superintendent of schools you know a, a distinguished citizen of our area but when he was a young kid you know and he was following right along with us well <laughs> He, uh, he he busted the cable box, and my mom had to come clean to the cable company that John was messing around with it, getting free HBO. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's pretty funny it's like to think about that. And it, it's similar to nowadays. You could, like, turn it to what I was mentioning earlier. People will, like, open up a new email account just to get those free two-week trials. Yeah. That's basically what you guys are doing. Yeah. I mean, you guys are farther ahead of the game for sure. And what is the other thing that I'm completely – in the in the dark about fire stick or you can get a yeah, pilfered jail, fire jail stick jailbreak. I mean, I, I haven't paid for a UFC fight in my entire life, but I haven't missed one. So there's you can get it's 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 a little bit more nuanced. Like I said, it's not as simple as just putting a piece of a milk carton in a, a player no. and getting HBO. <laughs> you have to you know scour the internet, the dark web to find a lot of these like the HBO streams and free movies and stuff like that. But it the the hustle is still there. Yeah, well, uh, even when you were a kid. Last comment. I know you're a bar stool guy, and they have what is it? The rough and rowdy. Was it Jose Canseco? Was it was in the ring? Got his ass just killed. Uh, well, what's kind of oh. like he basically threw the fight. Actually, is what happened. He ended up making really? a million dollar payday off that uh basically exploited the contract where you know there wasn't anything about you know a deniability or uh, some sort of clause where that that helps for fighters where they don't just throw fights but he threw the fight i didn't hear that yeah i thought he just quit because he didn't want to get hit hard the fight ended in what like 10 seconds and he got hit a couple times went down and said he was like holding the shoulder he said he had a like torn rotator cuff he couldn't fight yeah through the fight oh wow (laughs) so kind of ruined it uh but yeah kind of say that's that's what you get from guys from your generation i guess so we the ruin gold, it for the everybody gold, the you know the golden generation we were storming the beaches of normandy that's what you get a 20 year old intern <laughs> you're makes making guy me quit. you're making me older <laughs> <laughs> we are we are at fault for a lot of things going on nowadays though i will say that 
you gotta you gotta pull us out of it, Jared. Yeah. Can you do that? I don't know about that. I'll All try. right. Let's let's wrap this thing up. I've had enough airtime here today. Don't forget, everybody, follow us. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5, The Castle. By the way, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter. You know, there's still no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease. Every 90 minutes, someone's diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. And also, before we wrap up, just want to remind everybody, hey, high school basketball is back on the air. Z92.5 Game of the Week coming up this Friday, 7 o'clock. Langsburg at Palama Westphalia, a CMAC matchup to start off the season. That'll be a wrap. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel. Thank you again for listening and supporting our partners. So long, everybody. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. Located in downtown Owasso, call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul school spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at Hankard.Sportswear. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.